Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the Bucks Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bucks Wire editor, Luke Easterling. All right, welcome to the program. Uh, cut down day, Luke. It's always a... It's always a kind of a wild day, right? There's always moves all over the league. You know, players just are on the team, off the team. Um, and then, you know, you gotta, you feel for guys getting cut that you may have been rooting for, fan favorites, stuff like that. You just, a lot of guys getting cut today, which is, uh, which is a tough thing. But the Bucks are down to their initial 53. What's at the top of your mind right now about that? Yeah, nobody likes this day, right? Even the guys that make the roster who were, you know, kind of on the bubble, they, they can't, as Bruce Arias told him the other day, don't go buy a house. Because uh, you never know, you know, waivers comes on Wednesday, so you're going to lose a couple guys and switch a couple guys out here. The Bucks, in particular, you know, we talked about this off air. They've got four guys on the COVID list right now, so those guys don't count against the 53, which means those roster spots right now are filled with guys who aren't going to be on the team in two or three days when they, you know, get ready to face uh, the Cowboys next week. Because Andomikin Sue is one of those guys. Ryan Suck up their kicker is one of those guys. Uh, Nick Leverett, who's like their new young you know, do-it-all offensive lineman guy who can play all five spots. He's one of those guys. Earl Watford is a similar player and a veteran guy, so maybe they bring him back too. Um, but all four of those guys have a chance of coming back and being right on the roster. So that's four guys right off the bat that made this initial 53 that aren't going to make the team uh, after that dust settles, basically. The Bucks didn't get anybody off waivers. That's kind of what happens when you have the 32nd waiver priority because yeah. you won the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, you're not really going to get anybody. I don't even know if they put any claims in. You know, I don't know if they wasted their time on that. But no, they're filling out the practice squad now. And I guess at the end of the day, man, they're, you know, it's beautifully boring for the Bucks right now because they've got so much locked in at the top of this roster um, that really the, the bottom of it was all about special teams. It's all about finding guys who can be, you know, technique in blocking and covering kicks and punts and being gunners uh, and doing those little things. And, and that's why I think you see a lot of youth on the bottom of this roster, guys that they think maybe can develop on either side of the ball, but guys that are hungry, you know, willing to work and willing to put that, that sacrifice and effort in on special teams. And I think that was, that was evident in some of those last few spots that they gave out. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I, I like that. Beautifully boring, right? I mean, I'm out here in New England. I think if, if people who have listened to the pod, they know my, my love for Tom Brady. Um, it never dies. And, and I'm here. I'm fully here for the Bucks uh, and Tom Brady. Go, Tom. Uh, and, but you know, over here in New England, the bomb, right, that goes off. Tuesday morning trying to drink my coffee Cam Newton released like what like nobody saw that coming like maybe a couple beat writers were predicting that Mac Jones could start week one nobody had Cam getting released on cut down day was never gonna what a bomb so you know dropping your coffee cup exploding on the floor that whole thing just like shock that's not happening with the Bucks right beautifully boring I think our top story and here's where I want to start Luke is Tanner Hudson Right, he's now on the 49ers practice squad, so he gets waived. And uh, a guy that's been around, fourth-year guy, 26, um, had a fine preseason. But you were just telling me he always has a fine preseason, right? He's always the leading receiver in the first couple preseason games. But Tanner Hudson cut. The Bucks have three tight ends right now. What do you think about that? I mean, here's the thing: if I'm Tanner Hudson. I've been here for three years. I never make the initial 53. I always get cut, and I always get added back to the practice squad if somebody gets hurt, which, you know, has happened. O.J. Howard's been banged up the last three years. Uh, you know, Cameron Brait had some injuries over the last couple of years. Gronk is, you know, not getting any younger, and but hopefully healthier this year. But still, you know, you, there's always been opportunity for him to get elevated later in the season. He's gotten some regular regular season work. He got his ring. He's tired of just 
you know, putting up a bunch of big numbers in the preseason and then going sitting on the practice squad for the next 16 weeks. He wants to play football. So I have, you know, I wish him all the best. He's a great locker room guy, great personality in there. I know everybody loves him. And I think everybody, you know, wishes him success, but it's just, he's just not going to find it in Tampa Bay. They're too deep. They're, they're loaded at that position. And, and they were going to, you know, again, they waved him. They were going to stash him on the practice squad probably again. And he was probably like, you know what? I know it's just the practice squad in San Francisco too, but I like my chances of working my way up to that active roster uh, better than, than here in Tampa Bay. And obviously that's what he thought. Makes sense. More of a running style team over there. Um, you know, now I think one of the knocks that, you were actually telling me about Tater Hudson is that he needs to figure out how to block, right? Bruce was all over his ass, tried to get in the block, and just he just never caught on. Yeah, and that's – I mean, he was – Bruce was – he's never one to mince words, right? But, you know, he, he doesn't call guys out unless he's doing it very much purposely. And he said multiple times throughout the preseason, we know he can catch, he needs to show us he can block. And I think so – I forget who asked the question, but they asked, you know, how he's developing and blocking. And Bruce said he'd regressed. He said he had gotten worse. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, you know, that's a message. When that when the head coach is willingly telling the media face-to-face he got worse as a blocker, <laughs> I don't care. Basically, I don't care how many balls he catches. I need to see him block, and then you get cut again. I mean, that's loud and clear, right? Yeah, that's why Tanner's in San Francisco. Uh, yeah, so good luck making your way up that roster, too, you know, if you're not going to block, because that's what the 49ers kind of do. But, you know, you can't play wide receiver in this <laughs> offense if you can't block. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and the, and the Bucks receivers are very good at it. And and that's kind of where I was going with this. Uh, you know, the the Bucks they've got their, their stud tight ends. They're loaded at wide receiver. And, uh, you know, it's just a tough place to kind of climb the depth chart as a tight end, I think, because, you know, not a lot of 12 personnel like, the Bucks were doing earlier in, in Bruce Arians' tenure here, right? I mean, Brady likes to have those three wide receivers on the field, and the Bucks are built for that. And I, I just think it's it's kind of hard to, if you're a Tanner Hudson who's a, you know, always on the practice squad on a, on a roster where there's not a ton of twelve personnel, you know, maybe it's time to go find, try to go find a, a new a new spot and start over. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, you know, think about being a guy in Tanner Hudson's spot and count combine the receivers and the tight ends and just say pass catchers line them all up on a list in terms of the pecking order. And how long do you have to go down that list before you get anywhere near Tanner Hudson? You got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson. Then you get to the tight ends where obviously you got Gronk, you got Cameron Bray, you got OJ Howard. We're getting into the double digits before we're talking about Tanner Hudson getting any kind of opportunity here. So I, I completely agree when there's, you're talking about mouths defeat and that's not even including the running backs, obviously. Uh, in terms of catching the ball out of the backfield. There's just there's no opportunity for him here, and I think he knew that. You talked about the special teams playing a key role. I think that's uh, you know a key factor with Jalen Darden, um, you know, really solidifying his spot as the return guy. Uh, you know, another spot that I thought was interesting, we talked about it last week, linebacker. Uh, you know how the, the Bucks are kind of thin behind Devin White, Levante, David, and uh, they kind of opted to get younger in that spot, Luke, right? You know, keeping uh, the two rookies, guys they drafted in the 2021 draft here in April, um, including uh, Stewart, who they picked in the seventh round. So they wanted to keep those two youngsters uh, around and, you know, just a, a sign of them wanting to get younger and more athletic behind those two veterans. Yeah, and I think there are two very different dynamics with the two rookies that they kept. I think Grant Stewart is is almost exclusively about special teams play. I, you know, no no offense to him as a defender. He actually had some pretty good uh, moments in the preseason. I think he had a game where he had six tackles and three tackles for loss in the sack, you know, late in the game, obviously. But, you know, he's not an elite athlete, but he gets the job done on special teams. He's a smart player, 
a guy who understands his assignment goes out there and he's going to give you maximum effort. That's a special teams guy. Those guys are valuable. Um, so, you know, that last spot, that's what earns him that gig, right? It's not necessarily the fact that you think he'll eventually start at linebacker, which again, that'd be a bonus, but you don't need him to do that to be a successful player in that role. The opposite I think is true of KJ Britt. Uh, and this is something, you know, if KJ Britt doesn't have a hand injury that costs him most of the 2020 season at Auburn, he's a day two pick, you know, unfortunately he did miss most of that season. Not a lot of film from that year, obviously. And he goes in the fifth round, the Bucks steal him down there. This is a guy who's, who's big, strong, and fast. And so when you look at the fact, go back and watch the Washington football game uh, last year, right? The playoff game, the wild card game. Devin White was out for that game. Vita Vea was as well. Um, but missing Devin White is the biggest reason why Taylor Heineke in that Washington offense had such an impact against Tampa Bay. I think obviously the game plan was part of it because the Bucks were playing and facing Alex Smith all week. But then you throw in Heineke, and you're missing your most athletic linebacker maybe in the NFL, and Devin White. You put Kevin Minter in there, who, again, Kevin Minter is a very experienced veteran, understands this defense very well from playing it in the past for Todd Bowles and other teams. Coming to Tampa Bay, great, smart player. He is nowhere on the same galaxy as an athlete (laughs) as Devin White, and he knows that. No offense, right? But that difference, I think, is why you see K.J. Britt's value because he – Again, not the, not a Devin White type of athlete, but he's much closer on that line uh, in terms of if something happens to White and he's not available. If you're plugging in a guy like Britt, you're 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 missing a lot less in terms of the athleticism. So I, I think again, very very different reasons for keeping those two guys, but very bright futures for both of them on this team. Yeah, again, with the Bucks, not a lot of blockbuster moves here. Not no Cam Newton kind of buzzworthy move, uh, Luke. But there was one guy you wrote about on Bucks Wire, safety Javon Hagen. You thought he was a little bit of a surprise cut. Yeah, I really did. And, and again, part of it is, you know, how do you balance defensive play with special teams? Because the guy they did keep as that fourth safety for now is Chris Cooper, who had a great preseason uh, on special teams. If you watch that Houston game, he's the one that saved that punt with that great play, leaping from the one-yard line into the end zone, catches it, throws it out. Joe Jones makes the play to keep it out again. But those are the types of plays that stick, right? And, and that can help you make a team. And Cooper obviously did that. Hagan did more of his work on defense. And that's why I thought maybe, you know, if the Bucks are concerned, Jordan Whitehead's been out this whole time with some undisclosed injury. Bruce Arians doesn't have to tell us what it is yet, so he hasn't. But we're hoping he gets back for, for week one, obviously. Um, but I thought Hagan, his play on defense, he had a, a strip sack on a blitz uh, in that Houston game towards the end there as well that helped kind of seal the win. Um, but he was definitely a surprise. And I think, honestly, the biggest reason he might have not made that initial cut is because they had some injuries at safety early on in training camp. And when that happened, Ross Cockrell, who's their number four corner, they cross-trained him at safety early in training camp, and he started making plays. He started – I mean, he had three interceptions in one practice. That was the same day that his sister ran in the hurdles in the Olympics, though. So I feel like there was some sibling, like, <laughs> I can't let my, my, my sister show me up here. I got to yeah. show up. Um, but, again, you know, the ability to – this defense has – you've got to be versatile. I mean, that's kind of universal, right? If you can play multiple positions and make yourself as valuable as possible, you're going to stick around longer and be more valuable, obviously. But, you know, Cockrell's ability to be that fourth corner as a veteran and also drop back and play safety, when you have a defense like Todd Bowles' defense, he already just doesn't have free and strong safeties. You've got to be able to do everything on, on either side. So that's why he's got guys like Antoine Winfield and Mike Edwards, and Jordan Whitehead, guys who are interchangeable on either side, who can play single high, who can come down and defend the run. And Cockrell's ability to do that and be a quality fourth corner 
I think that's a huge reason why maybe they felt like Hagan was a little more expendable on the defensive side of things as opposed to what Cooper brings to them on special teams. Yeah, no, it makes it makes perfect sense. And listening to your analysis, you're constantly talking about versatility, ability to play special teams. And again, you know, kind of boring, but, you know, when, when you make it to the top, you know, sometimes special teams is what keeps you there. You know, it's, it's that simple. And part of the reason you can focus on that is because you have so little to worry about at the top of the roster, 100%, right? Yes. So, you know, you, if you're trying to figure out who your quarterback is or who your left tackle is and all this other, you know, whether or not you're going to have any edge rushers to, to get after the opposing quarterback or stop the run, you're not even, you don't have time to get the special teams. You're like, who's my return guy? I don't know yet. I, I got to find a quarterback. So the fact that the Bucks again, beautifully boring, all 22 starters are back, all three specialists, most of those role players, even the backups on, on both sides of the ball are back in their same roles and the same defense. They only lost one coach, Ryan. Antoine <laughs> Randall who was their offensive assistant. He's I'm still stunned by that, by the way. I'm still stunned. Well, but, trust okay. me, the gray hairs just multiply when I say guys like that. It's worse when there are guys whose sons I also scouted for the draft <laughs> in the last 20 years. So I, that hurts worse. Um, but man, that's the thing when you have so little to worry about with those literal, you know, the top 35 guys on your roster, maybe more, you can be so focused on those last few spots with special teams and prioritizing those things, because you know, you have nothing to worry about when you've got the ball. And when the other team has the ball, you have to be able to focus on those other things. And when you know, you got Tom Brady on one side and Levante David and his crew on the other life's pretty good. So coming up next, our fantasy football question of the week. We're going to throw that at Luke. Thanks for sticking with us. All right, you guys are doing some fun stuff, Luke, on the uh, wire, the NFL Wire Network, kind of some collaborative stuff. And, uh, you know, one, of the, one, one thing that's coming up soon is um, a list of fantasy sleeper from every NFL team on the, on the Wire site. So you were tasked on this assignment to pick a fantasy sleeper from the Bucks. Who was it and why? Well, I mean, first of all, let's be honest. There are, you know, the top eight guys aren't sleepers. So, you right, know, right. nobody's sleeping on Brady. Nobody's sleeping on Mike Evans and Godwin, even really Gronk and, and you know, Antonio Brown. And, you know, the, the value with guys like Cameron Brady and O.J. Howard is really going to be iffy. I, I think they've got to stay healthy, and it's, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of role they can have in terms of fantasy uh, output. The guy I really like is Giovanni Bernard, and, and I think, you know, Early, the early downs are obviously going to be a lot of Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones and whoever's got the hot hand. But, you know, remember, Gio Bernard ran the ball quite a bit in Cincinnati when he needed to. So if either one of those guys is, is banged up at any time, he could easily become that second guy. And if he's hot, become the number one guy for a, a day or a week or two. But really, I mean, he was brought in to be James White. Let's be honest. He, he was targeted, and I think James White was probably in that conversation as well because he was still available at the time. But when Giovanni Bernard became available, the Bucks went right after him. Tom Brady was involved in that conversation. Um, that was a guy they targeted right away because of what he brings to them as a third down back. He can pass protect really, really well, something you've got to be able to do. And again, Brady didn't – the only thing Brady did not have last year – was was James White that that running back that you can rely on on any any given situation to be able to look around if you don't see anything you dump it off to him and you know you've got six ten yards and that they didn't have that guy last year their their running backs absolutely sucked at catching the football last year there's no other way to put it they dropped the ball way too often they spent a third round pick on Keyshawn Vaughn hoping he could be that guy didn't really work out yet Lashawn McCoy came in and was banged up half the time he was here Rojo and and Leonard Fournette just 
too inconsistent with actually just physically catching the football. Gio Bernard is here to fix all of that. And I think particularly in PPR leagues, point per reception, Giovanni Bernard is the guy that has the most potential, I think, to outplay his ADP uh, this season. I love it. I think it's a great pick. And you're right. How many sleepers do the Bucks really have? But Gio is a great one in PPR. He is. And you said it. Brady was involved. Brady was involved. And, and you're right. He he loves these pass-catching backs that can pass-protect. And you could do so many different things with them. You could run sneaky little run plays with them out of pass formations. And, yeah, Brady loves these guys that he can – put on a linebacker Luke and just torch and he'll do that over and over again and that's what they would do all the time with James White put him out there you know put him in motion linebacker comes over Brady goes to James White he smokes the linebacker forget about it and this is what they're going to do with Gio Bernard I, I agree 100% love Gio get him if you can reach for him a little bit if you can I think he's going to be that good in PPR um, my sports betting question of the week Luke and by the way uh, you know across the USA Today network we usually have fantasy football and sports betting segments I'm told those are coming back next week, so looking forward to that. Uh, but for now, I'm just going to throw a sports betting question your way, Luke. Uh, let's, let's take an early look at the line for week one or, or you know, NFL kickoff. Bucks are at home against the Cowboys, obviously. Favored by seven and a half, so they're giving the Bucks the hook over that, that key number of seven. Bucks seven and a half at home against the Cowboys. You know, a tough number to cover against a good offensive team like the Cowboys, obviously, but... What are you thinking about it? I'm taking it all day long. And again, we, I think we've mentioned this before. You know, the Cowboys offense is incredibly talented. They are going to score points, even though I love the Bucks defense. I think they're very, very complete defense, a, a complex defense, an aggressive one, an athletic one. They're going to make, I mean, just go back to the Super Bowl. You know what these guys can do. And they're all back. They're all back in the same defense with the same coaches and another off season to learn all these things. That young secondary, I think, is going to take a step forward. So, even with that, I have a lot of respect for the, for the Cowboys offense. You know, assuming Dak is at full strength, which again, we don't know, which that, that definitely plays into this is, is how well he's going to be able to perform in his first real game back. Um, but those receivers, I mean, Amari Cooper, you've got Michael Gallup, you've got CD Lamb, Zeke obviously is going to do what he does. Offensive line is great. They've got a lot of talent. So I think they're going to put up points. But man, that defense is bad. Is very bad, and that Bucks offense. Go back and watch those. I know it was against the Texans, but honestly, how much better is the Cowboys defense than the Texans defense? Really, I I don't know that they're that much better. So go back and look. Two ninety-plus yard touchdown drives. Brady went seven for seven on the first one, and just absolutely like surgically dismembered that defense two drives in a row. And Bruce told us all week, Bruce said, you're going to play at least the first half, maybe even into the third quarter. If I haven't seen what I want to see, I might leave them in. We've got to get, got to get our rhythm because we haven't played a whole lot. And we got to go into that opener with, you know, some chemistry. He took them out halfway through the second quarter, (laughs) two drives halfway through the second quarter. The Bucks defense had had two fourth down stops. The Texans had an 18 play drive that scored zero points. So, uh, he saw what he needed to see through a quarter and a half against Houston. And again, obviously Dallas's day, the offense is very, very good. They're going to score their points. But I mean, it, it should not be out of the ordinary or out of the realm of possibility for the Bucks to hang 40 points on these guys, because this is not the Bucks offense that went into New Orleans a week one last year. Okay. With no preseason with the new quarterback and Gronk, and you're trying to get all this together. Brady doesn't even really understand the offense at this point. That team is not what we're going to see. We're going to see the team that that absolutely annihilated the Texans in two drives and you know jumped back on the bus back uh, back to Tampa basically. Uh, and I think that's what's going to separate these teams. Seven and a half. 
I'll take that all day long with what the Bucks offense showed me the other night. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I'm, I'm taking that number anywhere under 10. I think I'm taking it, and I'm, I'm taking it happily. You know, and, and again, I, I forgot to mention that those those odds are brought to us by uh, the, the Tipico Sportsbook. So that's where we're getting that minus 7.5 right now. Yeah, you look at the – just a lot of moving parts, right, Luke? Like the new defensive coordinator, new a lot of new bodies on defense. They, they were terrible last year. A lot of new bodies, but, you know, we don't know if they're going to be better. Dak – Prescott has the ankle. He also has the shoulder, the right shoulder that he's been dealing with this preseason. The offensive line, um, Dallas, you know, pretty solid, but they don't have a lot of depth on the offensive line. So an injury could spell big time problems for them against that uh, Buccaneer pass rush. And, and I'm, I don't know who's going to block Vita Vea, to be honest, up the middle. So there, there's going to be plenty of problems the Bucks put on the Cowboys. I would I would take that thing up to uh, any, anything under 10, I think. I think it's a double digit win for the Bucks. I tell you what, on defense, you make a good point that there's a lot of moving parts. You know what's what's not unfamiliar to Tom Brady is Dan Quinn. It's true. Who is the defensive coordinator for the Dallas it's Cowboys right now, and I don't know if anybody remembers this, but he was the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons when they were up by 25 points. I just want to point that out, uh, not to, you know, not to make any oh, NFC man. South fans mad. I would never want to do that. Um, but, again, this is a defensive scheme that Tom Brady could probably wake up at 3 in the morning uh, after a really long night, having a lot of fun somewhere, and still probably put up 40 points, let's be honest. I'm a very cautiously optimistic person most of the time, but, man, I'm just trying, I'm, I, it's hard for me to find a reason why the Bucks' offense won't go out there and absolutely whack the, the Cowboys' defense on national television to, to open this season. So Brady could stumble off the boat, go to bed, get up, and still, and still light up uh, Dan Quinn's defense. I, I feel like if there was a defense he could do it against, Dan Quinn's is probably the one. No, I love that for sure. Love it. But, you know, that's it's still a fun matchup. Cowboys, you know, just big draw, Bucks. I, I, I love the opener. And we'll get to, you know, get into a little bit more of that next week. So looking forward to breaking that down with you, my man. Oh, I can't wait, man. We made it. We're back. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.